There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to Kalshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Thursday morning, too. It is a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. It's Gil Alexander. It's Brian Ortega. In for Wyatt Tomchek, in for Kelly Bidlin on this Thursday. How you doing, Brian? Doing good. They asked me to do some middle relief work, so here I am. <laughs> middle relief. How many innings you give us today? Huh. Um, I'll give you. I'll give you two, two and a quarter. Okay. Appreciate you being here, man. On your uh, on the heels of your trip to L.A., where you saw uh, Oppenheimer for the fifteenth time in in a better <laughs> theater. Uh, only, only second time in the uh, Chinese theater in IMAX 70 mil, which I uh, have to say there is a difference for those of you uh, looking out there. But I think it's only going to run until September 31st, where they have to make way for the Equalizer 3 and Mr. Denzel Washington. What's the name of your podcast so people know? Uh, Concierge Confidential. New episode out tonight about the Juliet Cocktail Room that just, uh, I think it's <laughs> still no, in its opening days, but no that's at the Venetian. No so. idea what he's talking about. Juliet Cocktail? What is that? Yeah, it's at uh, the Venetian. It takes okay. It takes over a former... Uh, bar spot, but I uh, have to say, not a fan, mm. but that's just me. Okay. Uh, on the show today, I honestly I have no idea. Uh, concierge, concierge Cocktail, the name of the podcast for Brian, which he does a great job on. Um, we'll talk about Hard Knocks here in a second. I'm not sure if you're watching Hard yeah, Knocks. I saw it yesterday. Okay, we got to talk about that. But on the show today, Bill Krakenberger, hour number two, unscripted with the crack man in studio. Uh, looking forward to chatting with Bill. He hasn't been in the studio here for a couple weeks. Uh, and we'll also talk to Pete Futak on college football. We've been light on college football this week. And college football's just around the corner. And we're going to go through the exercise with Pete. Well, we will talk Notre Dame with him, because I don't think we talked Notre Dame before with him. But we'll go through the exercise that we did in our VEASAN college football guide, which is who you got in each conference to go one and two, who you got winning each conference, for those who like to bet conference futures, who you got in the final four, who you got as your national champion. We'll do it conference by conference with Pete Futak coming up. Plus Heisman odds. We promised that we would get his thoughts on the Heisman as well. So we will do that with Futak coming up. And our senior MLB analyst, Adam Burke, we don't get a chance to talk to him uh, many mornings because there's full slates of games. Today, it's a lighter slate of baseball games. And by the way, I don't know why it's a light slate, but it's just a horrible slate of Major League Baseball with only one preseason NFL game, which we'll talk about momentarily here in, in a second, but just a bad sports day, uh, if you're not a tennis fan, that is. And uh, we'll get his thoughts on best bets moving forward, his NFL controversial take of the year as well. Nice chance to check in with Adam when we don't really get the opportunity to do so very often. Um, let's begin, by the way, before we get into, because I have a, a tennis bet or two, and then I want to talk about this game briefly tonight, but about hard knocks, 
episode two this week. It's been out for a couple days. The Jets, Hard Knocks on HBO. O's the Mentalist. We talked about this yesterday, who we had on this show last year. And again, for those who missed, I posted the video of it last year from last year to yesterday. I retweeted it, reposted it, as they say nowadays, um, where he guessed, you know, the card that I had pulled out that I'd thought of the eight of clubs that I was sitting on. And then he asked me to, you know, guess an athlete. Just think about an athlete that I haven't talked about on this show forever, like for a long time. And in, in this case, it was like probably forever. Any sport, any athlete. And then somehow in my head, it popped out Dan Marley, Thunder Dan Marley of the Phoenix Suns, and he guessed it remotely. Now, Brian, I don't know that I've ever been the same since that incident. I really don't. Um, because I don't, my takeaway from that was, I don't know if he guessed it or if he made my brain produce it. That was the sort of chilling part about it. Anyway, as I said on the video, I don't know if I love him or terrified him, but Oz was on, uh, on hard knocks. It was clearly the highlight of that episode of hard knocks. The first five minutes of it. Um, where he wowed the Green Bay Packers. And apparently he's going to do a few more NFL franchises that he's already done this year. So you'll see them on ESPN. I think he did a college game day crew as well. We are working to have O's back on this show. Oh boy. Oh yeah. So we're going to, we're going to effort that. He's very high in demand though. He may have, he may have dropped the mic already with the Dan Marley thing. But anyway, with, with Hard Knocks, the last thing about Hard Knocks I thought that was the highlight of the show. And then I've said this in the last couple of years, Hard Knocks is tougher to watch than it used to be. Do you believe that as well? Yeah, I do agree with that. Yes. It's, it's especially this one because they don't follow any players like home and you're just doing practice stuff. And so it's not very helpful. So that's the, that's the difference is that they made a decision. I guess they decided that we talked, I talked about this a little with Will Hill and uh, Felica yesterday. They made a decision that to show cuts, to show guys getting cut from the team, was like too inhumane, I guess, to show or whatever. And I think that was on the Jets' uh, point of view. I think yeah. HBO likes that. I think the Jets said, we don't do that here. So if we're we going to do, do it, that this here. is what we'll do. Interesting. It's also, there's a little bit of chicken and egg too, because I think where it used to be when we were kids and certainly in recent history in the NFL, there used to be levels of cut downs. And now it's kind of, no, August 29th, you get down to a 53-man roster. If you cut people beforehand, you do. If you don't, you don't is my understanding. So it's also partly that now too, where you don't, you're not, it's not mandatory to cut people down in increments as it goes down. But I think that was the, that to me was part of the magic of the show because I, my most the most memorable things of that show through the years, besides the Cleveland Browns here, which was just awesome in so many ways with Baker Mayfield and, and, Hugh, and Hugh Jackson and that whole conflict, Mark Tressman in there. Um, but the but the cuts, I was always amazed through the years at how well those players took it when they got cut. And we were batting this around a little bit yesterday, which is, was it that or, or is it a combination of factors of they're probably numb when it's happening? Um, maybe they have to maintain a good attitude because they want to get on the practice squad, let's say. I'm very close to one of the one of the kids in the Baltimore Ravens running back rotation, and I know that's probably the realistic goal for him, right? Kind of thing. So I could see that. And then the third thing is probably that for a lot of the young guys, this was an accomplishment in and of itself. 
And there's probably a subset of these guys who it was almost like, well, it's okay because, and these are the really young guys who probably didn't have a realistic chance. Anyway, it's, it's definitely a subset where they're just like, well, it's okay. I've done what I, what I set out to do and it's okay if, if this is the end of the road for me. So I think it's all three of those things. But I remember Rod Gardner of the Chiefs, famous Washington skin great Rod Gardner, when he was on the Chiefs, I remember him just being angry about getting cut. Why? Why did I get cut? What did I do wrong? I loved those moments, but we don't have that anymore in hard knocks. No, it's tough. And I think like going back to what you said, they're numb. I think a lot of these guys, the first time of them getting cut from anything, like they got to the NFL first time getting cut. When I got laid off for the first time because of COVID, I didn't know how to take it. That was the first time I ever got fired from a job. I was like, I I guess like I'm signing this paper, I suppose. So I'd like to think I'd be as gracious. I don't know that I would. Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) But but, yeah, you're right. Like they take it very well. But seeing a guy blow up, I think would be a normal thing for for anybody. Anyway, just keep rolling O's out there. It'll be great. Just roll them out every week. Uh, Tennis. Yesterday, we had a plus 204 dog, Yelena Ostapenko against Elena Rybakina at the Western and Southern Open in Cincinnati. It is the tournament before the U.S. Open, the hard court slam. Uh, 54 cents of CLV. Didn't matter. Won the first set, lost the next two, lost the third one, 6-4. That has been the story of our uh, of our season here, of the, of the last half of the year. Just r- ridiculous CLV to very pedestrian results we've been up on 54 yesterday 40 cents another match 20 cents doesn't matter um and so that's a loss even though you know i guess the process was okay but the result is not and ostapenko loses to rabakina not a lot of the, the difference also this year is there's not a lot of value in some of these lines at least you know just going on memory and looking at the excel sheet there's been a lot more bets in previous years i don't see that much value on a match-to-match basis here i do have one play today i am on carolina mukova mukova i guess with the accent on the a uh against maria sakari our nemesis our our nemesis maria sakari uh, mukova's minus 115 i think that's a good price to play here this is a a classic battle of long-term data versus what you're seeing with your eyes this week. So if you're, if you're just watching this tournament, you're looking at it with your eyes, maybe you think Sakari is the better player. But in terms of, you know, six-month data, one-year data, Mukova should absolutely be bigger than a minus-115 favorite. That's how I'm playing it. Carolina Mukova, Mukova is the play of the day in tennis. As far as this tournament and if there's a play, not to win it because, again, it's Alcaraz and it's Djokovic. Djokovic making his first U.S. soil uh, appearance in years. They're at the top there. Obviously, Iga, who bageled and breadsticked Danielle Collins yesterday. So Iga is just looking ridiculous again. It's top-heavy like that. But I do think there was a quarter bet on the men's side. And again, doing this with math, is it better to do a future right now or is it to do a rollover or whatever it is? I think there is an opportunity. We don't have this in Las Vegas, despite the revamping of Will Hill's app and the, the revamping of Caesar's app. We don't have a quarter bet in Cincinnati here in Vegas that I can see, but certainly at DraftKings they do. For those of you in DraftKings jurisdictions, Stefanos Tsitsipas to win his quarter, which at this point means only two more matches. You just got to win two matches to win your quarter. He's at minus 110. He plays Uber Urkats today, and then he'll play the winner if he wins that of Emil Rusevori and Alexei Paparin. Tsitsipas to win quarter number two at minus 110 to me represents a very good bet. So that would be my one futures bet, if you will, on 
the on the men's side, and really that's the only one I have in that tournament in Cincinnati. So Mukova in the match today, Tsitsipas to win the quarter, his quarter number two at minus 110. Those are my two tennis recommendations. Um, as far as the game tonight, the Browns and the Eagles, the Eagles are favored by four. I don't really get this. I think if you're betting it, I think your instinct ought to be to bet the Browns, maybe even on the money line. You look at the backup quarterback battle. Philly knows it's going to be Marcus Mariota. Cleveland, it's kind of confusing because Dorian Thompson-Robinson, um, who was the fourth option in the Hall of Fame game, remember the Browns have played twice, he looked really good, completed 90% of his throws for 10.2 net yards per attempt last time out, whereas Joshua Dobbs, who sat in the, in the Hall of Fame game, he completed only 50% of his passes, recorded only 3.8 net yards per attempt in week one. Cleveland's offense has actually looked really good. They're averaging 366.5 yards per game in the first two, 5.4 yards per play, but they've missed field goals. They failed fourth down conversions, high leverage moments. They've had some turnovers. So variance, in other words, I actually think Cleveland is ought to be the instinct tonight. I may actually make a preseason bet on them on the money line. Maybe I'll take the points too. But I think that's that ought to be the instinct anyway. That's my sole thought of that game tonight. We'll come back. College football with Pete Futek. Conference by conference. Heisman next. Numbers game. Visa, the Sports Betting Network. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Calshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to Calshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Calshi.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. numbers game on vsin the sports betting network it's time to download nevada's premier sports betting app bet mgm sports bet mgm with all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting boosted odds specials and much more download the bet mgm app today and stop by any mgm casino on the strip with your state issued id to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in nevada whatever your sport whatever your betting style you're gonna love bet mgm state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week visit bet mgm for terms and conditions must be 21 or older and physically located in nevada please gamble responsibly gambling problem Call 1-800-522-4700. It's Gil Alexander, uh, Brian Ortega in for Kelly Bidlin, in for Wyatt Tomchak in for Kelly Bidlin. By the way, about Kelly, in case you're worried, uh, Kelly, I believe is going to be fine. I was a little worried yesterday that it was an appendix situation because it's one of these things that would just kept lingering for him. And I was like, bro, if it's, a, if it's an appendix, you got to go right now. Like, go. Because appendix is not a problem until it is. You don't want it to rupture. It is not an appendix, so he's going to be okay. And uh, Kelly probably be back Monday, I'm going to guess. Probably. Cool. Yeah, I think. Let's give him to Monday. Good to know. Uh, for everybody who is concerned about Mr. Bidlin, he should be fine. Let's talk some college football. Pete Futag joins us. Peter from College Football News. You got week zero fever yet? 
I do. So if it's not an appendix, is it just like a bad burrito? Is that like the, because appendix is an easy thing, easy fix. So uh, it's just like indigestion or something. I, I, that's a, that's a tough one. I don't want to reveal all of Kelly's uh, medical, uh, <laughs> medical issues. Just we, we ruled out the appendix. Let's leave it at that. Okay. Uh, he's so, fine. So we'll move on from there. Yeah, no, no, he's fine. That bad burrito Good. that has lingered. Um, before we, because we want to do this exercise, <laughs> we want to get into Heisman. We want to get in conference by conference with you. We, we never got your thoughts on Notre Dame this this year. And the reason I bring them up is because Chrissy Andrews, who runs the South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook behind me, um, he has come on and he does his college games of the year. He's the first one to put out those lines. The The team that he was most off on based on the bets that then he subsequently received was Notre Dame. He and, and again, he always says it goes no big deal. It's just a it's just a bad ranking for one bet. And then I adjust the difference between bookmaking and, and odds make odds making and bookmaking in that order. Um, he overrated them a bit based on what sharp betters thought. What are your thoughts on the fighting Irish this year? Where do you have more roughly win total? What was his, uh, where did he like him? I don't remember what the win total, but he had like, I'll try to think of a game. I think sure. it was, I think it was, you know, take the Clemson game. He had Clemson as a much shorter favorite than they ought to have been. For instance, there was a couple games. Gotcha. like that. Yeah. Well, here's the problem. Like you remember last year, you can always look ahead and say, well, you got this game, this game, this game. And what did they do last year? They whiffed against Stanford. You know, they whiffed against Marshall. You know, and so this was a flaky team last year, but you can't really go by that. You have to go by what's happening now. They got a better quarterback, get Sam Hartman. You have a different offense, second year, fucking full year, Marcus Freeman. They got the guys in place. The offensive line is great. This is a very, 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 very good team. Problem is you look at the schedule, North Carolina state, Ohio state, USC at Clemson. Those are all losable games. Not Pitt's dangerous. They got to go to Stanford. Which I don't think they're going to lose that. Uh, you start the season off going off to Ireland. That's just a taxing trip. Then you got to come back and play a game. So there's just a lot to this schedule. A lot of landmines, a lot of 50, 50 games. So I like Notre Dame, but it's more like a nine and three, 10 and two ish team than a team that's going to push for the college football playoff. So not a, not a season win total bet. In other words, it, you said this, I believe at college football news, I believe you wrote this. nine ish. Yeah. Yeah. You wrote this, which is, it's the NC State game, September 9th, which is sort of, I'll use my word, the, the fulcrum game, which is, all right, you, you got Ohio State two weeks after that. You're hoping to go 4-0, and obviously, heading into the game against the Buckeyes. But that's the game where if you lose that, a la the ones you mentioned last year, the Stanfords and the Marshalls of the world, that's the one where it starts to go sideways. Well, maybe not sideways, but just it, it really screws up your season because then you look ahead, you're like, okay, great, again, you know, USC and Ohio state have to come to South bend, but they're still probably going to be the favorites and you still got to go to Clemson. So out of those three games alone, even if you beat NC state, you're saying, Hey, if you could win two of those three, that's massive. And it's probably a one and two run for them. So, uh, so you're right. You can't just give away games like that. And again, there's other little dinky games that are like at Duke is dangerous. That's a team that's kind of loaded with an NFL quarterback and a whole lot of other good parts. Uh, Wake Forest is always, I mean, it's just not an easy schedule considering they're friends with benefits, ACC deal. This all right, let's do this. Let's do this conference by conference. They will get to the Heisman as well. Pete's going to stay with us for a couple segments. Uh, we did this in our VEASAN college football betting guide. Uh, was it 18 of us or 20 of us? I'll have to count. But it was a whole bunch of us who uh, did, whether it was a conference that, you know, was in, in one division versus two divisions, right? It would either be east, west, or one, two, whichever way we picked the top two teams in each conference, who we thought was going to win each conference, then the final four of the national championship. Let's do this alphabetically because I'm curious what your thoughts are on these. Let's start with the ACC. 
where most people, and I'm going to say most people, I want to say all people, yes, one, no, not 100%. There was, a, there was a couple outliers, but most people gravitated towards Clemson and Florida State here. You did not necessarily. I'm not completely buying into Florida State, not because they're not good, but look at who they start with. You, you want to talk about those games that you lose early and you lose focus. Clemson is going to be a dangerous game for them, obviously, and that's on the road. And they start against LSU. They could start the season two and two. And once that you kind of lose that, you know, everyone, all the hype, all the college football playoff focus, well, can they get it back? Well, yeah, they can. Uh, and certainly, you know, the, the, the LSU game is not part of the ACC and neither is the Florida game at the end. I see this as more of a nine and three ish team than this 11 and one team. that's going to roll off to the college football playoffs. So uh, when you look at the ACC, I got to think Clemson Clemson's the best team in the conference. They are absolutely loaded defensively. They have got at least five guys who are going to be in the mix for the top 50 in the NFL draft. They are going to be fantastic defensively. So you got to think Florida State's probably going to lose at Clemson. And then it all comes down to me to that pit game that they get in early November. God help the guys from Tallahassee. If the weather is bad out and Pitt's just good on their own. I, I, if I'm going to go with Pitt in that game. And that's kind of my, my little call is if you look at the rest of Pitt's schedule, it's very manageable. Mm. The Notre Dame game doesn't count in the ACC. And I think that Pitt Clemson game is going to come down to who, or I'm sorry, Pitt Florida state game is going to come down to who plays Clemson for the ACC championship. Clemson over Pitt in the ACC championship. Nobody at VEASAN had Pitt as one of their top two teams. So you but know. I go, I go way chalk everything else. So yeah. I'm not exactly, you know, Mr. Mr. You know, out on a right. limb here with uh, all this stuff. I like that you were out on one limb anyway, Pete. That's good. All right. Let's, uh, let's go power five first before we get to some of the smaller ones, big 10, where did you end up with the East and West champs and who wins the big 10 as a whole? I, I am a believer that Wisconsin's got this figured out. I, I think that they're they, now that they're going to have a downfield pass. They've got uh, the defense is going to be nasty. I think Luke fickles enough of a tweak. Uh, they have the quarterback situation okay the running game's not going anywhere so i like wisconsin to get through the west the east i am having a hard time i just can't not envision this happening again where michigan gets through i think they may might lose to wisconsin they could lose to penn state i think there's one loss along the way for michigan and ohio state steamrolls through everyone to 11 and 0 and blows it again at at (laughs) ann arbor and loses and makes it three in a row. And all Ohio state fans are, Oh, care if we win the national championship, we're going to Michigan. And the same thing happens again, college football playoff wise. I guess we'll get to that in a minute. And I think it's going to be Michigan over Wisconsin in the big 10 championship. Game. So Michigan over Wisconsin, the big 10 championship, but Ohio state back doors into the final four. Let's or at the very the least the Michigan, Ohio state winner versus Wisconsin, but I'll, I'm picking Michigan. Okay. This, this Michigan team's great. Ohio state's more talented, but Michigan, this is Harbaugh's best Michigan team. yet. Yeah. Going for the, uh, the three-peat, if you will, um, against Ohio State. Okay, um, Big 12. I wish I could bet on your pick of the Big 12 because I know, I know it's a Texas-Oklahoma thing for you. Yeah, not re- but here's the funky part about this. Oh, I like Kansas State. The problem is Oklahoma and Kansas State don't play. I mean, and Texas is just kind of the, the given. It's like they're the best team, so... Everyone else is really good. There's no real free space game in the Big 12, but Texas is just talent-wise a little bit better, so I'm just putting them there just because. Problem is, 
there's going to be a whole lot of problems uh, with tiebreakers and stuff because if, again, Kansas State's good enough with that schedule, I think they're going to get close to back. At the very least, they're going to have the same record as Oklahoma. I have Kansas State losing to Oklahoma State and Oklahoma beating Oklahoma State. So uh, just because of that, Oklahoma slipping in, not because it's a Texas-Oklahoma you know chalk big name thing, but, but just because I, I think the tiebreakers are going to work out like that. Uh, there's it's not crazy. I think there's going to be another TCU from somewhere and maybe not going undefeated, but at least be in the mix. But I think it's going to come down to Kansas state, Oklahoma and Texas, two of those three make it to the big 10, big 12 championship. Okay. He, he hedges on that. Texas over Oklahoma is your, is your instinct though. In the end, if I, yeah, I so, you so it. in the end, in the end, the way, if you, if you play it out and you say where the tiebreaker is going to come, where the loss is going to come, uh, Texas beats Oklahoma in the regular season, loses somewhere else, and then te- and then Oklahoma somehow wins a tiebreaker over someone else to slip in there. All right, Pac-12, real quick in forty-five seconds. You have a caveat on the Pac-12. Yeah, if Cam Rising, it's, not only is it Cam Rising uh, still banged up and might miss the first few games for Utah, but they are, their backup quarterback situation isn't quite locked down yet. USC, I, I'm a believer. I, I think they fixed the glitch. I think that defense is going to be a whole lot better. I don't think they get through totally unscathed, but uh, I do think they get to the Pac-12 championship at least 11-1. and one. I'm going with Utah very sheepishly right now uh, just because of the quarterback situation, but uh, USC over Utah for the Pac-12 title. USC over Utah for the Pac-12. Okay, we'll review the those four we'll do the sec after the break i assume it'll be georgia but will it be alabama or lsu out of the west we will find out from pete and then we'll go through some of the smaller conferences our most consensus pick here at Vison was on the mountain excuse me our, our least consensus was the mountain west we'll check that out actually our most consensus was what will pete say next a numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Throughout the NFL preseason, the VSIN experts are busy evaluating every team to give you the betting edge. Our updated NFL betting guide is due out later this month. It'll help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with picks from every on air host, team specific preseason analysis, how to use VSIN betting splits, and football contest strategies. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 to reserve your copy of the guide or take advantage of a football season special and get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only $199. Sign up today at VSIN.com. Slash subscribe. Pete Futak, kind enough to join us for a couple segments. He is the uh, the emperor, the czar of collegefootballnews.com. Treasure trove of information on college football, which he uh, lovingly does and writes about every single season. Uh, Pete, let's roll through these because I want to get to the Heisman odds as well. Let's continue. SEC, I assume you have Georgia. Who are they be- Who are they beating in the SEC championship? Or who are they playing? Uh, I- yeah, Alabama. Look, I'm not assuming that Georgia is going to be this be all. Yeah, they're going to be great. They're the best team in the country. I don't think they're going to get there totally unscathed. Uh, there's going to be a loss on the way along the way, so I do think they're going to have to win the SEC championship. Uh, Alabama only because the LSU game is at home, and uh, we're underestimating Alabama just because we're not sure of the quarterback situation 100. percent There isn't a Bryce Young, you know, sure thing NFL guy there, uh, but it's still Alabama. At the end, they got a chip on their shoulder, and they tend to do big things when they're angry as a program under Nick Saban. Uh, you look at the rest of the slate, there's probably another loss along the way before there, but just because the LSU game is at home, uh, Georgia versus Alabama, as boring as that sounds. Okay. And of those Power 5 conferences, was there a best bet in their respective conference that you liked yeah, more than all? Yeah, I mean, George is the obvious. I mean, just because their schedule, I mean, it's it's better than everyone gives it credit for, uh, but it, it's tougher than everyone gives it credit for. But how can you not? I mean, George is just that good. I mean, they they return just about everyone but Stetson Bennett. So uh, I, I would say George out of that, it would be the best bet of the bunch. And USC, I, I'm, I'm buying in. I am all in the 
as long as 13 stays healthy, uh, that defense has improved. He's not going to have to do quite as much. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, I would say USC and Georgia. USC. What are we showing on USC's uh, Pac-12 odds? We can pop those up on the screen. USC is Pete's pick to win the Pac-12. Always shop around for all these. Georgia, by the way, minus 115 in the SEC. USC plus 190 to win the Pac-12 at DraftKings. All right, let's do the other. A little bit better deal than Georgia getting on there. So it's not not too bad. Let's do the uh, the remaining conferences. And again, 18 of us at VEASAN did this for the betting guide. It's so in what is... I believe quite the upset. The Mountain West ended up being the consensus, the biggest consensus for a champion. Uh, I'm curious sure. who you have in the Mountain West, both uh, as one and two, and then who do you have winning the championship there? Uh, well, Boise State. I mean, they just they, but they're always kind of the knee jerk reaction. I mean, they, you can fund that Boise State to death because if you go back to like 1998, it's, they average like as a program, something insane, like 10 wins a season. I mean, they, they're just always there. So you're always right. to just say Boise state. Uh, I'm not sold that Fresno state's going to bounce back and be this great again. Air force is fine. I, I, I like San Diego state a whole lot more than everyone else does. Their schedule works out. All right. Uh, the non-conference schedule is going to be tough, uh, but they get Boise state at home. Uh, they don't have to deal with uh, if, if Fresno State until the very end. That's a home game. So the toughest games are at home. I don't think they're losing on the road to Colorado State. I don't think they're losing on the road uh, to Hawaii. So uh, I think San, San Diego State gets there, uh, but loses to Boise State or flip a coin if that offense comes together fast. Even though they, the Aztecs have to replace a whole ton, Boise State loses to Boise. Uh, San Diego State loses to Boise State in the Mountain West Championship. Yeah, 16 of the 18 of us had uh, Boise State winning that, which was pretty amazing to me. All right, let's let's roll through these real quick brief answers. Uh, the AAC, the American, one, two, yeah. and champion. Yeah, remember that uh, Tulane again over SMU. Tulane gets just about everyone of note back. And remember, you lost UCF, you lose Cincinnati, you lose uh, uh, Houston. This is not the AAC of past years. It's way, way gutted. There's a big disparity. Uh, UTSA is good, but uh, Tulane versus uh, Tulane versus SMU or UTSA. I think Tulane wins it all either, against either one. But I'm going with uh, SMU. Get there. You're right. Besides Pitt, this has been a chalk fest. You're right. Pitt was your real outlier. Conference USA. Yeah. What you got? Uh, uh, Western Kentucky Liberty. Again, here's the problem. The disparity in talent is just jarring. It's just night and day chasm between the top teams, and everyone else. Western Kentucky is going to lead the nation in passing. They've got this high octane offense. It's going to keep on going. Uh, and Liberty is my other kind of fun team to watch out for. They don't play any power five programs. The schedule is not that bad. I'm picking Western Kentucky over Liberty, but that's a true coin flip. I think both of them are getting there. Watch out for Liberty. If you're a win total player, that's one of those teams that on the, if everything breaks right, they could get 11 and one 12 and oh, because they, again, the difference between them and the rest of the conference USA outside of Western Kentucky is massive, but Western Kentucky over Liberty for now. Okay. Mac, I'm going to guess Ohio Toledo for you. Yeah, it's only because it's it's the Mac, and you can name anybody. You know, it's not going to be Kent State, it's not going to be Akron, it's not going to be Bowling Green. But like we had Northern Illinois win this thing a couple of years ago in tank. I mean, it's just it's the Mac. So weird things always happen. Toledo's probably the given. Uh, Ohio's really really strong because they get everyone back as long as the quarterback situation is healthy. So Toledo and Ohio and Ohio are the various the two best teams going into the season. So as chalky as it sounds, you just go with the two best teams, and you know that some there's going to be something weird happening somewhere in there. 
when it comes to these Mac, the Mac teams. The Mountain West was our biggest consensus play. 16 of 18 on Boise State. Our least consensus was our final conference, the Sun Belt. What did you end up with the Sun Belt? Well, that's the one that, along with the Mac, that's the one that's intact, and they're still playing the uh, division. So uh, you still have a, it, it's a, it's a great league. I mean, you look from top to bottom, I mean, that even the teams like Texas state ULM are going to be these dangerous on a, on a game to game basis. Uh, Coastal Carolina, I, it, it kind of forgotten the mix because last year was all about defense. Troy's defense was amazing. South Alabama's defense was amazing. You had all these really great defensive teams, James Madison, which would have been in and it still isn't going to be able to get in because uh, of their FCS up, Graded status, uh, but Coastal Carolina now. Tim Beck, the offensive coordinator of the Stars, takes over. Grayson McCall is still there. He was hurt late last year, and it showed as Coastal Carolina died down the stretch. If you look at the Chanticleers' schedule, it works out pretty nicely. It, they don't have uh, a whole bunch of really nasty road games uh, in conference play. I mean, they get the easier of the two divisions. I mean, Appalachian State's always tough. Uh, but Arkansas State's winnable. Old Dominion's winnable. Uh, the home games against James Madison, they, they have to take those down. But they don't get Troy. They don't get South Alabama. So uh, I think Coastal Carolina just to get there, and then either Troy or South Alabama, the winner of that. So I'm going Coastal Carolina to actually win this thing over the Troy-South Alabama winner. All right, what, are, what is our Coastal Carolina number here in the Sun Belt? What do we got? Because so far he likes Georgia and the SEC, likes USC and the Pac-12. No real shockers there. Coastal Carolina in the Sun Belt is. What do we got? We got odds on that? All right, we'll check on odds on, on, on Coastal Carolina to win the Sun it's probably, it's probably pretty good because they're probably going to be undervalued a little bit. Coaching change, and again, uh, it looked like there's so many other good teams in the Sun Belt this year that could rise up. I mean, it would be a shock if Marshall uh, ended up being in this mix. It wouldn't be a shocker if South Alabama got to there. Got nope. there. So right. uh, there are a whole lot of pretty strong teams. Five to one, shop around. Five to one on Coastal Carolina to win the Sun Belt. Uh, real quick, and, and really just a, just the answer. You're, so you're the last four-team college football playoff, your four teams are? Uh, really boring. I'm just going to kind of stay the same. I'm saying Ohio State backs in again. I'm going Michigan, Ohio State. Uh, Georgia, and I'm saying USC gets there. Remember last year, if uh, Caleb Williams doesn't hurt that hamstring, I'm not going to you know, completely say they get by Utah, but certainly it would have been closer and they would have gotten in and Ohio State would have been out. So uh, I'm going with the two Big Ten teams, Georgia and uh, USC to get in this thing. And for Georgia to lose to Ohio State for the national championship. <laughs> Ohio State does not win the Big Ten, wins the national championship. All right. And the Ohio State fans will be mad about that. And so. they'll be mad about ah, national champion. We didn't beat Michigan. Um, lost to Michigan. <laughs> okay, two minutes on the Heisman. Do you would you bet on Caleb Williams becoming the first back-to-back Heisman winner since Archie Griffin, or are you going elsewhere, sir? Uh, I, I, I'm the most, as I said to your your host last night, uh, I'm the most boring Heisman guest ever because you need, you come up with a name like yeah, could work. You know, remember last year Max Duggan got to, got to the Heisman final. I mean, the Heisman's such a weird animal. Uh, but to your answer, your question, no, I would not bet on uh, Caleb Williams for one main reason. Their defense is better. So if you remember last year, he put up all these phenomenal numbers because he had to, they got all these wild shootouts because the defense couldn't stop anybody for long stretches. And he came through when needed against Notre Dame. His numbers will be there. He'll be great again, but he wouldn't, yeah, could he get could that hamstring be a problem? Could there be a concern that, Oh, he's got NFL lightness a little bit and is looking ahead. You know, how is this going to work in terms of just how, you know, where USC's head's going to be at uh, throughout the season, especially since that defense is going to be a lot better. So no, only because I don't think his stats are going to be as strong. So who would you bet? 
I, I, I'm really bad. I, I, I'm going to take with whoever you think the Georgia or Ohio state quarterback is going to be Kyle McCord probably would be the best call for right now. Cause his stats are going to be great. Uh, but this is going to be a year where there's going to be a lot of outliers. Drake may is not going to win it. I, I think it's going to be, you know, Quinn Ewers isn't going to win it. Jaden Daniels isn't going to win it. Jordan Travis is going to win it. Klubnik's not going to win it. You know, Penix Jr. Eh, maybe the stats are going to be there, but no. So yeah, I'm just looking down that list. No, no to all. I mean, I, well, I said before, if you want to make a case for any of them, you could. But I kind of say no to everyone on this list. And as I always say, if you can get the field, take it. The field bet on the Heisman is always the best, especially this year. Sounds like you just don't want to bet a pre-flop, which is fine. Wait a couple weeks, see what you see how it shakes out a little. Try to get ahead of something. Always shakes out early on. Whoever's that big monster game early on, that's who you go with. Thank you, Pete. Appreciate it. Pete, there you go. NFLitis, he said. Inflammation of the NFL. I believe it's a Latin Greek term. Coming up, Adam Burke, MLB and NFL next. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to Kalshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. Attention, BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn a $100 bonus when you sign up, or when they sign up, I should say, through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Here's how it works. Just sign up, sign in, I should say, to your BetMGM account. Click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state that you use BetMGM in. Then once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $100 bonus. Once your friend places a bet with their bonus in the wager settled, you'll receive a $100 bonus as well. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions 21 and over to wager. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Reward issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bonus expires in 30 days. Gambling prompt. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Massachusetts, Mississippi, and Nevada. It's Gil Alexander, Major League Baseball last night. Uh, just a real quick recap. Cubs with the most dramatic closing of the night a uh, a Christian Morrell three-run Jimmy Jack Christopher Morrell I should say three-run homer in the bottom of the ninth nobody on uh, nobody out two men on three-run homer they beat the White Sox four to three so uh, those Cubs bets we talked about both to make the playoffs and to win the division get a little bit of a boost with that shot last night um, Dodgers never gonna lose again apparently Dodgers have now uh, what is it what is it up to 12 and what 13 to one this month I have to uh, count it up again. They've won nearly 80% of their games in August over the last four seasons. Is that good? Goodness gracious. Uh, Their lead now, their their lead in the National League West, which a blink of an eye ago was one and a half. The Giants actually got it to one and a half on one. It's 10 now. 
10 over the Giants, 13 over the uh, D-backs, 16 over the San Diego Padres. Again, we don't talk about teams that are uh, below 500, but in the month in the month of August now, just to clarify, that is now, yeah, what is it, 3-6? Wow, this has been unbelievable for the uh, the Dodgers. That is a 14-1 uh, and record now in the month of August, having won 10 ballgames in a row. And the, and the Yankees, it just uh, it doesn't get better. It's the opposite of the Dodgers. The last time the Yankees were under 500 this late into the season, Derek Jeter recalled from the minors for good. Nine active Yankees were not even born yet. And manager Aaron Boone, well, he was still playing in double A ball. Yankees lose to the Braves last night, two to nothing. Two nights in a row where the Braves have sort of put up a number against the Yankees and they just kind of just stop scoring. They're like, you can't catch us. Two to nothing. Braves win it uh, against the Yankees last night. Adam Burke is our senior MLB analyst. We also want to talk some NFL with him. How you doing, Adam? Good to talk to you. Good man, good to talk with you as well. Only six games today, so it's easy to, to yeah. slide this into the morning, into the morning routine. That's how I did. I was like, okay, small slate. I can I can call Adam up. He'll come on uh, at Skating Tripods, one of the iconic uh, Twitter handles of all time. Adam's still uh, doing his thing there. Uh, what is your take on? If we're doing a season long right now, because I was doing stuff earlier in the week about, okay, here are probably the three best make the postseason bets. Here are probably the two best division bets. It was the Rangers and the Cubs for division. It was the Cubs, the Mariners, and the Giants, actually, to make the playoffs. Do you agree with those, or is there was there another one that you like, either division or playoffs? No, I mean, look, you know, right now you kind of look at the teams that are playing well and the teams that aren't, and, you know, a team like the Mariners, they're playing more like their true talent level. I mean, this is kind of where I expected this team to be. I actually have a bet on over 87 and a half wins. I don't think it's going to get there, but I had really high hopes and expectations for this team coming into the year. And it's good to see them kind of playing them out now a little bit. Where in the first half, they just struck out way too much offensively. They were way too disappointing, even though they've gotten largely great starting pitching throughout the course of the season. I also thought this bullpen would be a little bit better. And to be honest with you, that's an adjustment I'll make going into next season. I can't take any of these bullpens for granted. You know, I mean, Cleveland's bullpen was absolutely dominant last season. They've had all kinds of issues as well. I've always known that bullpens are very volatile and that's just never going to change. But I think I really overestimated how good or how bad some of these bullpens would be coming into this year. And I think I need to take maybe more of a cautious approach with that position group next season and just not assume that it will be an asset to a team's chances. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, listen, the, the biggest, if I could distill the biggest reason why I cut, you know, I used to bet baseball every single day for summers at a time, like in the mid parts of, of last decade, if I could distill one, the biggest reason why that, that, that I no longer do that is because of the fact that bullpens come in earlier, right? Generally starting pitchers are taken out way earlier than they used to be. And so that those moving parts, right, the harder that that is to harness is what cut back on my pre-flop baseball betting. So it is the uh, it's the toughest part to to really wrap your arms around, right? Because you got to know who's available, who's not, what a manager's tendencies are. So it's it's a tough thing. So so if you had one bet though, what what, what might it be at this point? I mean, I, I like that Cubs one, and and honestly, I mean, I, I think the Cubs have a very legitimate shot at winning this Central Division, and then it's not really a bold statement to make, being only two and a half games back, but. This has been the team all season long that's had the best run differential 
in this division. And I will say, I think Cincinnati is still live. I know some people that kind of played Cincinnati at bigger numbers. They're kind of panicking a little bit, but look, I mean, they're going to get Hunter green back here this weekend. I believe it is Nick Lodolo is going to be back probably within the next couple of weeks. So they're going to get some reinforcements on the starting pitching side, but the Cubs, I mean, offensively, they've been on a torrid pace here in the second half. They've been one of the best lineups in baseball against right-handed pitching. They've absolutely figured out their bullpen, which again, I thought was kind of a weakness coming into the season, but it's become a strength here in the second half. And I just think from a true talent level standpoint with proven MLB talent, they're at the top of the mountain right now in this central division. The reds are the best team long-term obviously, but I've, I haven't been impressed with Milwaukee all year long. I just, they got Brandon Woodruff back and that's helpful, but their bullpen, you know, I mean, they kind of put it together year in and year out, but a lot of guys that don't have significant experience in high leverage who are going to have big innings workloads as we go forward here. I just think Chicago is very, very live to win this division. And that's probably my favorite of the division bets right now. I like it. Um, You bring up the Reds, too. I just want to put I did did a uh, Q3 derivative show with Mark Borchard, which we do every uh, quarter. We do it every year. And maybe the biggest revelation yesterday, one of the bigger ones was we're looking at first five innings. These numbers compiled by Odds Shark. There's only five profitable teams for betters first five this year, five out of 30. And the fifth is your guardians who are not even a unit to the positive. So this is if you bet a team first five innings, favorite or dog each and every single game. Obviously, no one does in reality. But if you did this exercise, who would be profitable? So it's five teams. The Guardians aren't even a unit. So it's really four teams. It's the Rangers. It's the Braves. The Orioles are fourth. You know who third is? The Reds. So you bring them up, and I'm just like, that was the most surprising revelation of that. I would never have expected the Reds uh, to have been one of those. By the way, it's only six games today. Did you make a play yet, or was that for later? Because you haven't had a chance to look at it yet. No, I'm going to start digging through the card here in a couple of minutes. But I will say, it's fascinating to me that you didn't mention the Twins among the teams for the for the first five. Because their starting pitching could not possibly have been better in the first half. I mean, their starting staff has been simply incredible throughout the course of the season here and almost everybody. And honestly, Kenta Maeda has been really good since he came back from the injured list in late June too. So it just speaks to how disappointing the twins offense has been throughout the course of the season. They've gotten elite level starting pitching. Of course, they're still only four and a half up in the worst division. Maybe we've ever seen. And uh, look, it's just crazy to me that they're not a first five profitable team with all the great starts they've gotten. In fact, they're the seventh least profitable. They would have cost you over 12 units, the Twins' first five this year. That's amazing. You're right. That is just a referendum on that offense. Real quick, because we only have 90 seconds, you are also, in addition to being the MLB senior analyst, you are VEASAN.com's managing editor. Your most controversial or your most sort of outlying NFL thought of the year, where you are different from the consensus, would you say? What would that be? Oh, I'm different from the consensus. I mean, I, there are a couple of teams. I don't know if I would say I'm different from the consensus, but I don't get the Chicago bears hype. I, I just, I truly don't get it. I mean, this team has to make a lot of strides in a lot of areas. And I realize Justin Fields should be better this year. You know, second year in the offense, they've got some more talent at the skill positions to kind of get the ball out in space. But people forget how awful this defense was last year and sure they've made some improvements and brought in some guys and stuff like that. But people are asking for a really, really big leap from this team. And I just don't see it. And furthermore, when you've got a quarterback like Justin Fields, who is very reliant on his legs, as we saw last year, 
you take a lot of abuse. You take a lot of punishment. If this kid can stay upright for 17 games, I'd be very, very surprised with all the beatings that he's going to take, not just, you know, trying to be more of a passer with what they want to do with this offense, but also all the rushing attempts. So I am, I wouldn't say it's against the masses necessarily, but there are a lot of people out there that love the Bears, and I am not one of them. Yeah, no, you're simpatico with Aaron Schatz, who uh, founded Football Outsiders and now does his stuff at FTN. He was saying, historically, when you look at the numbers, someone as inaccurate as Justin Fields, there are so few historical leaps that a quarterback like that, like Jeff George would be the only guy who became a good passer being that bad early on. So he's with you. Adam, thank you, man. Great talking to you. Take care, girl. Adam Burke at Skating Tripods, our senior MLB analyst and managing editor of VEASAN.com. Unscripted with the crack man next. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Calshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to calshi.com slash numbers game, spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at calshi.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.